All right, folks, it's another week, another Thursday, another Big Gold Belt Wrestling podcast. We're going to be talking about Roman Reigns' schedule. Apparently, he's going to be dropping some dates, taking an easier road, it seems like. Uh, folks are talking about it, so we are, so are we. Um, that match last night, Darby Allin and Jeff Hardy, good Lord. Did they, but did they go too far? And then, uh, in case you didn't hear it, Koto Ibushi has some things to talk about with New Japan. All that and more in tonight's episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Let's get into it. of the Big Copo Wrestling Podcast. Two chains here, Niger, here to get us started for tonight's episode alongside of Will Marcellus and Jamal Gentleman. How's it going? Good, Good to be, be back. back after a week off over here. Yeah, that's Can right. Two to three for me. <laughs> you, you, you slackers, you slackers. Jamal is back every week. Thank you, sir. How's it going? Not bad, actually. Um, you know, a lot of stuff happening this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know you got that covered. Um, it's Batista weekend, folks, in case you didn't hear. Um, on, on the good news, I think he's celebrating, what is it, 30 years since his debut? I think it was. I actually should pull that exactly up. Um, but on the other end of the, of the coin, they did mention that Batista uh, has uh, said his goodbyes for uh, Drax the Destroyer on Guards of the Galaxy. So it's like, ah. And, and bad news for him. But good old Dave, since I'm wearing my Dave shirt here, as you can see. Um, quickly, anybody, favorite moments of Batista or favorite gimmicks of Batista? And I know, Will, you, I know you got to be stirring up one good. Well, you think I'm going to bring up Deacon Batista? <laughs> <laughs> no, we will not bring up Deacon Batista. But that is where he got his start when he came up to the main roster. Uh, yeah. I would quickly just have to go with, I mean... When they finally pulled the trigger on Big Dave, turning on Triple H, going on his own, the whole evolution to WrestleMania storyline was tremendous when it happened. So I'm just going to throw that out there as a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's been 20 years. I don't know why I added yeah. the extra 10. Like, I've even been around that long myself. Just, it wouldn't even have made sense. But uh, yeah, 20 years since uh, he made his debut. Sellis. Uh, so for me, it's the evolution of his entrance, um, starting from when he won his first world title, um, how that entrance was to where he became a megastar in WWE. I thought he's had one of the most fluid entrances and, and shout out to our boy D. Wayne Bryce, um, who is a huge Batista mark, will always go crazy every time Batista would come out with the power yeah. that comes right with the machine gun format that he did in his entrance. I thought he always had a gimmick that always matched his physique, which matched his personality, and it helped him grow to where he is now in Hollywood. So I would say his entrance, and a lot of times when you have an entrance um, that sparks who you are as a character, it really sets the tone. And we see Seth Rollins doing it now, Judgment Day's doing it now. We have a lot of class people who can do it. Um, and I think he fall, falls in that line. Hey, you gotta make an impression. Your first impression counts, folks, and you're absolutely right. Quickly for me, I'm not going to go about my favorite gimmick, but I will tell you about one of my favorite moments and uh and 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 points of his career. And that was his feud with Rey Mysterio, because this felt like a lot of why I love Rey Mysterio in the first place, because of his feud back in WCW with Chris Jericho, where like you just seen the night and day difference between these two wrestlers, where it's like there's no way that Mysterio has a chance against this person. 
um and embodying that character like of course when i was younger i hated chris jericho because i was like this dude is like the worst person ever in the world but as you get older and you start to understand in order to have a good good guy you have to have a good bad guy and that's just what dave did he really sparked uh uh, uh emotions and um uh, and whatever it may have been you know he's getting a reaction from somebody and he, he he looked cool in doing it and yes he absolutely had one of the best interests and you know shout out to him and his career how he revolutionized his career making it all the way into making those big marvel bucks also that mgm bucks and being in um in uh golden eye or james bond um so like he's figured it out in hollywood you know and we'll see where his ventures go beyond that uh so good old big dave as i wear him all over my face here from the movie stuber which was also a funny movie uh jamal uh sentiments for dave batista um yeah who i mean i gotta be honest with you i never really followed him i think he came out well it would have to be 2002 if we're celebrating 20 years but i definitely wasn't watching wwe at that time um i and even though he hasn't been in the ring in a while and the last time i saw him he was wearing blue pants before yeah. blue pants were a thing blue tista yeah and that was kind of um a really weird thing to hate him for so it I, I don't know a if he's been 20 years in the ring or 20 years in the business because i don't i feel like i haven't seen him in a while definitely 20 uh, years in the one. business <laughs> right um and then the second thing is if he really wasn't from this area I don't know if he was he would resonate enough for me to go. Yeah, that guy did twenty years of a thing. Mm. Um, it's it's been a quiet twenty years because the mm. evolution thing was hell ten years ago. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, like, you know, good on him for surviving in, in wrestling that long and parlaying that into uh, adventures outside of the business because Lord knows you need an out. But as far as like my favorite, you know, reminiscing, I really can't think of anything that stands out too hardcore because he was really the best part of a bad era of Raw, that ruthless aggression era where Cena, Batista, old man Triple H and uh, an older Randy Orton kind of ran the show. And that definitely was where I checked out and started venturing back into the Indies. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think that's also a testament to his, him and, uh, and should I say, the elites of that era. Because, yeah, that time where you would almost want to say a lot of the wrestling fans kind of jumped ship and, and moved on to other things. I felt they kept WWE going strong um, and, and, and getting it to. Uh, the next era and whatnot but yeah i think he always had one foot in one foot out i think he was always thinking about the bigger picture and i think he's able to capitalize on both of them and who knows you know what, what type of things were happening behind the curtains with him and vince i could imagine that wasn't always so kosher um but you know and, and he even talked about it a little bit in some of those um those uh little docu-series or documentaries that they have been following them and whatnot about uh you know sometimes the uneasiness and being back in there and whatnot but yeah anyway let's move on uh folks did you all know that may 23rd was national world wrestling day probably didn't because i didn't either and plus there's also like a billion different days any who right, right. <laughs> yeah there's always a day for something i'm, I'm what is today probably today is probably like national sleepover day i thought um, national wrestling day was february 2nd Nope. May 23rd is National World Wrestling Day. Um, oh, yeah. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, the good folks from Good Banana at goodbanana.com. Um, first of all, bringing to the attention that World Wrestling Day is only two weeks away. They was able to send over some um, free things uh, over to Big Old Belt Media, which I'm going to show in a second. But first, I want to make sure I get all the information correct. So, First off, step over to goodbanana.com, save 25% by using the promo code MDW25. Um, and if you've never heard of Good Banana, it's because it's probably more pointed towards your kids, but it certainly um, has a lot of prints of my childhood, which tells you that it's this overall family-friendly um, merchandise there. 
Um, and it's really about uh, stimulating your kid's imagination. So with that being said, they sent me over because it's well fitting. They knew we like wrestling over here. So they sent me a wrestling wiggle wobble splashy sprinkler right here, folks, which you can get. <laughs> it's about, it's about $30. Um, first off, if you're like a, a, a like a kid like me, you're probably going to want to punch this thing. But nonetheless, as a sprinkler, um, it, it is tough enough for you to lay a few jabs on it and whatnot. But it's just in time for the good weather that is on the horizon here in the Washington, D.C. area. They sent me a couple of other things as well, too, which I wanted to just make sure I can just show you all real quick before we get into the show. Got this thingy right here. And hit, listen, this right here, I looked at it for a second. I was like, I don't know what this is. Then I sat back and looked at it. I said, oh, my God. This, I don't know about you all. This is one of my favorite things as a kid for whatever reason. Do y'all remember these things right here? Basically, oh, with the filled with the water? Yes, they got to do like to push the rings up through it and all that with the pump. Yes, yes, yeah, indeed. I know what you're talking oh, about there. Oh my god, I was so that's the, happy. That's the original what? handheld right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy when I saw that. I was like, wow. But yeah, it's a um, yeah, and one other thing too, um, as well. So yeah, they sent over some cool things again. Uh, goodbanana.com. Uh, you can check them out using the code MDW25, getting 25% off your order today. Um, and as I said, it is a uh kid-friendly, family-oriented website uh where you can um get a bunch of different merchandise, toys and gadgets, and all that other good stuff. Use for your kids, kids to stim- to stimulate their imagination and Indeed, it is. Take a look over at the site. You can see a bunch of other cool things. And as I said, a lot of it's uh is, is uh in preparation for the summertime. And as the heat is starting to come, it's no better time now in order to get your orders in. And as I said, you can get you uh one of the wiggle wobble wrestling uh buddies uh uh right in time for wrestling day, May 23rd. So time to get into tonight's episode. Roman Reigns, folks, the head of the table, the tribal chief. Well, first off, there was a video that came out at a house show where he basically stated, I, do anybody have that quote so we can get that exactly up? Um, Essentially probably- what it was, he, they were in Trenton, New Jersey mm-hmm. this past weekend. And at the end of the show, he kind of, he's, he's been doing it a lot lately, where essentially he'll break character and kind of put over the fans and talk about stuff kind of after the show ends. And I guess in Trenton, he started talking about how he's probably not going to be around in cities like this again soon. So he's glad to be here. And it, people immediately took it as like, what? He's like, he's done or something. And <laughs> very quickly they clarified, no, 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 no. It's not so much that he's done, but a town like Trenton, New Jersey, probably ain't going to be seeing Roman Reigns in the immediate future. So there's been some clarification and back and forth going on about exactly what he meant by things this uh past weekend yeah yeah so that then beyond the commentary attached to that then it started to uh become more evident that he was going to take less dates because noticeably in one of the big four slash five because it's five because money in the bank is considered part of the big four now so that's why we say four four slash five because some people don't recognize it but yet i think everybody has pretty much decided that it is part of the big four making it the big five but one of the original big four in hell in the cell is coming up of course you gotta have your tribal chief on there until he isn't he's removed from the poster cody's squared in the center which is fine but Roman Reigns not being it is an interesting thing. And everybody now has got all sorts of speculation. The speculation is now tailored to him taking less dates. Him taking less dates starts to put him in a different category. Then you start comparing them to other folks, i.e. Brock Lesnar. The question here at Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast tonight is, well, folks, does Roman Reigns, number one, deserve to get the Brock Lesnar treatment? Before we even answer that question, what is the Brock Lesnar treatment, Will? <laughs> well, I think when people hear things. the yeah, well, I think when people hear the Brock Lesnar schedule, they're thinking back to that first run he had when he became champ, where he became champ after being in UFC and he disappeared and wouldn't be around for months on end, but he was the champion. So yeah. he pretty much at that point was only working like your big pay-per-views, your SummerSlams, your Royal Rumbles, your WrestleManias. 
maybe Survivor Series or a Hell in a Cell. But other than that, you weren't seeing him for anything. Like maybe like, you know, two months would go by and you there'd be no Brock Lesnar as champion. He just wasn't around. Then he randomly popped back up. So no house shows, no TV, no pay-per-view for a couple months, except for the big shows. When I hear Brock Lesnar's schedule, that's what I'm thinking of because people are hating it at the time and talking about how that's wrong. The champion ain't even here and all this. And that's what people I think are thinking about when they hear immediately jumping to that conclusion, when they hear Roman Reigns isn't going to be around, which I'll immediately be like, look at the schedule ahead, folks. One, two, three stadium shows are happening this summer. Ain't no damn way. That man ain't going to be around for three stadium shows. It's not the old <laughs> calendar we used to be on. So a Brock Lesnar schedule in the current climate, I guess the current uh, road ahead does not seem possible to me is my immediate yeah. thinking. Yeah. Um, me, does he deserve it? Sure. He's the top of these. He's the face of the company right now mm-hmm. for whatever that means. If you, I mean, for, for whatever that means to say, does he deserve it? I mean, sure. If, if anybody deserves any type of purse or incentives or, or time off, it's gotta be the head person. Um, and of course with him being a head person, him being off from shows doesn't limit him from being off from WWE work. So he's do some, promotional work he's going to bring in money one way or another they'll have him doing some things don't worry about that he may not be at your house show but he may not be in hell in the sale which hasn't really even been uh, promoted heavily anyway it's fine he'll be making money for wwe now i i, I guess this whole our folks trying to say he's transitioning to part-time and whatnot I didn't even really agree that Brock Lesnar was part-time. He was there at the big moments. And if he was once billed as a prize fighter, then billed as your champion, then he should be there. And I also wasn't really fond of the oversaturation of him being on shows each and every week. That I think that just devalues uh, the shock value of what he brings. When he shows up, it's a big deal. Um, but to Roman Reigns' point, I mean, also, too, I, I think we also got to consider his health. I'm not saying that his health is, you know, at uh, at, at a point of concern, but I'm saying that if anybody deserves it beyond that, I mean, from what he battled and came back from and for him putting the work he's been doing, the type of matches he's been doing, the mouths he's been putting on, I can't think of a, no other reason why he shouldn't be able to get a couple of days off, a couple of those events off. And and as I said, him still being the champion still is going to cash checks for Vince McMahon, and it's okay. So does he deserve the Brock Lesnar treatment? Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't see a problem with it. Uh, Jamal, jump in there. Yeah, so I the problem that I have with the word deserves is deserves means that he's earned something. What exactly has he's earned if he's been booked that way? I mean, to be fair, if he's booked well, then the person that has the job to him is also doing their job just as well, too, and they'll never get special treatment, incentives, blah, blah, blah. So it's not a meritocracy. You know, he, there's no way in professional wrestling that you can come out and say that I deserve this or he's earned this and he's earned that. How? It's booked. I mean, if it wasn't him, it was going to be somebody else because they need that guy in that spot. And Vince, try as he might, has spent shit, 10 years making Roman that guy. And he weared down the audience so damn hard, grinded them into dust. And now this is where we are. So does he deserve did he earn well what exactly did he earn i mean yeah he he has the belt because vince has always seen him as that guy so i can't say that he deserves any any special treatment you know brock lesnar or whoever to begin with um that's number one and also the brock lesnar the reason why it's called the brock lesnar treatment is because brock was a star outside of wwe too that's what he earned. He went out, did other things, maintained his name, grew his brand for whatever it was, all the Jimmy John snacks that he can have, <laughs> and then came back and still picked up where he left off and kept him moving. That's what you earn. I don't know what Roman Reigns has earned by being the chosen boy uh, by, by, um, by Vince and crew. And if it wasn't him, it would be Rollins. If it wasn't Rollins, it'd be AJ Styles. If it wasn't AJ Styles, it'd be Randy Orton. Do they all deserve the things that they have earned? I don't know. 
And that's also a thing, too. I think that, you know, kudos to him for lasting this long because, you know, fighting off injuries, um, you know, had a hot tag from uh, uh, meningitis um, come through, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, still could be trapped in Saudi Arabia some damn where. Yes, there are a lot of things to give him credit for. And I, and I, and I got to give the devil his due. But as far as being put on another pedestal for just doing the job that he's told to do, it's not that he's in the creative process. They give him the script and say, go do it. He memorizes some lines and then he go does the thing. I, I'm sorry. I can't, I, I can't, um, you know, if, if, go with that in, in the sense that it's like he deserves things when it's given to him. If only execution was just that simple. Somebody was told to go do something, then they did it, and then they were actually good at it. Everybody don't really got the razzle-dazzle in order to capture the moment. I will now give it to Salas before I rebuttal. So uh, for me, um, right now in Roman's career, I think he's at the apex of his career. He's at the highest moment. And when you're at that highest moment, that's where you have to spotlight and show who you are. And like you guys said, 10 years into what Vince is trying to create, because he always thought he would be the guy, this is where his moment is. But even at 36, he'll be 37 in a week or so, or a couple of weeks, he's still going to be on that down decline of what he can do, because he's not a young pup. He's not a young pup. However, a lot of the wrestlers now seem to be in their, uh, their primes when they're in their mid to late 30s, but at some point it's going to slow down. So in a way, it's a realistic moment where – He's embracing and understanding that for towns like Trenton or things of that nature where he knows the ground of where he got to this point, it's a respect to those towns. And you've seen this a lot kind of with Roman where he goes in character, but he comes out of character and knows it was real as moments are when those, when those times are. However, we should all realize, and I'm not saying this because of the plugs, I'm not trying to make myself right, but WWE is also building another star to parallel with him at the same time. They're building up Cody Rhodes to be that person that's going to be taking that mantle to another level on a different genre based on what this upcoming era is. And think about this for a second. The Miz did it during that uh, reality era and things of that nature. The Shield did it during that moment when they brought up. Now Roman's doing it during this time. It's going to be about a year or two where Cody's going to have it for his moment before the next person comes up and does it. Maybe it's Adam Theory, uh, Austin Theory during that time. You know, I don't know who it's going to be next. But every wrestler has that moment where they have their top, their, their frame, where they're at that top for about two to three years. And now we're coming up on that two, year two, year three for Roman, mm-hmm. including the pandemic years. Now we got to shift it to somebody else. And I think it's going to be Cody's turn. Now they're doing this as he's coming back to WWE being that power where he's going to take that mantle. So I, I think it's just a realization where every top wrestler has that time frame, and then it moves on to somebody else as that top person. But it shows the years of building they're trying to get with that one person. Hmm. Uh, Will, do you want to uh, rebuttal anything there? Yeah, let, let me just, ju- yeah, I'll jump in with a couple quick thoughts on it. So the way I was looking at it was like this when this news came out. Since they were they returned to touring last July, it was last July that we returned to live crowds and all that. So we're coming up on a year since they've been doing tours again. Other than his little bout with uh, COVID around Christmas time, Roman's been on those tours. He's been working the weekends. It's not like he's just been working TV and pay-per-views. He's been doing the house shows the whole way through, other than a couple spots here and there. But hell, he was in Trenton, New Jersey this past weekend. So we're coming up on a full year of him doing this, pretty much a full schedule that he could possibly do. And of course, hell, he's been champion now for, as we're well told, 600 plus days since he came back from uh, his little battle with cancer. So he's been around a lot. As much as could possibly be between those since coming out of the pandemic. He's been around a ton. I'm looking at it like this. And uh, our buddy uh, Andrew Zarian from Matt Men, who's been on the show before, he apparently asked about it. And what he got back from his sources is kind of what I think is all that's going on. Is he's not taking extended time off. He's going to be on these obvious big shows coming up. He's going to be on TV. And the only change will be with smaller market house shows, which... Trenton, New Jersey, your B town type places. I'm sure he's looking at like, look, maybe some of these beats. Yeah. I mean, some of these smaller shows, he's probably like, look, I got small kids at home. I got newborns. You know, he's, he's got five damn kids. He's probably like, look, summer's coming. I want to have some time with the family. Missing one show in June. Hell in a cell. Ain't that big a deal. Plenty of champions have sat out a pay-per-view, but the stadium show is coming up. I'm sure he's looking at like, look, this is my chance. 
Let, let me get some family time, start the summer, because I know coming up, it's going to be all hands on deck to fill Nashville, to fill Vegas, and then fill the UK. There's yeah. a lot of work coming up. So I that's what I think it is. I think he's going to be like, look, TV, major cities, if it's a show like in LA or something, maybe he shows up. You know, it's, it's, it's like how back in the day, Hogan did the same type of thing. Cena, Austin, they didn't work every single house show every single weekend. This is nothing yeah. out of the ordinary. So to the, think that it's the extreme of, is this Brock Lesnar? He's not going to be around till like SummerSlam. I don't, until proven otherwise, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that at all. So that that's my main thought. But after two years of being on the road, coming out of the pit, I, I think he is, it's perfectly fair for him to want some family time. I think it's perfectly okay, assuming that's all this is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, my my only last thing is this: that like, I, I, I think that this is just a sense of like, folks, uh, everybody wanting to be behind the curtains. I don't even see this to be a big deal. But yeah, if he decides to drop those D and C tier towns, and hell, WWE might do it as well too. At this point, you never know. Um, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. And again, I think if if he's a draw, then you don't utilize him all the time. You make him a draw. You keep him a draw. You keep him a vintage. You make people want to demand him and whatnot. So you know, and 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 I think that again, regardless if he's actually working these shows. Will he be home resting or will he be with his family? Sure, maybe. Or will he be doing some promotional work in the neighboring town? Will he be doing meet and greets? Who never knows? You know, either way, he's going to cash checks for WWE. And I don't see him, you know, pulling a Houdini and we don't see him until like six months later or something with, (laughs) with the, with the titles. I don't, I don't see how that could come about, but I, I definitely see a lot of overreactions going on about that. And I, that I don't think it's warranted. So Um, anybody else want to chime in anything else on this? Okay, then. One one little thought. One little thought real quick, just because of something Jamal said. Just to to wrap it up in a tight little bow. Jamal mentioned if it wasn't Roman Reigns, it'd be AJ Styles, or it'd be Randy Orton, or it'd be any of these other people that are your top names. Your Seth Rollins, all of them. Uh, Charlotte right now. Yeah, Charlotte. Exactly. Charlotte taking off to get married. All of them should be getting this treatment. All of them should be getting cycled off here and there to get a break. This shouldn't just be a one-person thing. With the yeah. roster they have as deep as it is, they can afford to cycle people in and out. Whether yeah. it's Becky taking off because of a kid, Charlotte taking off for a wedding, Alexa Bliss taking off for a wedding, Asuka taking off pretty much for the past few years and just coming back. There's ways to do this. And it's a we talk a ton about, you know, how wrestlers deserve better they shouldn't be getting worked to death they should get time off to rest they should get time off to be with their families well look here's an example of it getting to happen and yeah. people are like suddenly like no that's not okay no I mean, <laughs> shoot. if someone's getting time off and the office is cool with it good for them i'm yeah. all for it. it should more of them should be getting it that's what i yeah. want to say there you go yeah all right then Let's get to commercial break. Um, and on the other side of the show, we're going to be talking about those other two topics we brought up. Talk about that um, that uh, main event from AEW Dynamite last night and Koto Bushi and Yikes. I think that's the only way I can put that here. Along with the indie spotlight and some other news. So we'll be back in a second, folks. Our next partner has a product I use almost daily. AG1 from Athletic Greens is as close to a magic vitamin supplement as you can get. And help somebody like me who's constantly on the go. Maintain my optimal fitness and health levels as much as possible. So what's in this stuff you're going to wonder? 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right and help with all the digestive help you need. AG1 goes where I go. It goes to work with me, to the gym, or even when I'm covering events. Keeps me going when I need a boost because let me tell you, at the rate I go, I don't slow down for anybody and this is the most helpful thing I can think of to help me get over that hump. Has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good and for me, most importantly, supports better sleep and quality recovery because everybody who knows me knows I don't sleep a lot of hours because I'm always working. But it helps in the long run. Trust me on that one. Now, for you all wondering, I know what you're thinking. How much does it cost? It costs less than $3 a day. 
You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than fueling your cold brew habit or going to Starbucks to get the Mocha Wata Evachino. Now's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. Take it from me. It's a lot easier. And to make it easier on you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Trust me, you'll thank me later. All right, folks, uh, going back to the top of the show once again, uh, a special thank you to the good folks at Good Banana from GoodBanana.com uh, reminding us that, uh, well, World Wrestling Day, May 23rd, right around the corner, two weeks, um, in which uh, by that means they sent over a wrestler wiggle wobble uh something to get uh ready for the sun and the fun uh the sprinkler little uh boot bag should we call it um multi-purpose you know whether you want to water your grass or whether you want to throw a few punches at it uh with a uh, with a luchador on the front of it um is available on their site you can get one for 25.99 or you can step over to the website um and use their promo code in order to uh get 25 percent off your order so uh, with that being said, MDW25, I've uh, stated in the beginning of the show, stating it again. Now we'll find that in the show notes below um, in order how you in order on how you can save you some money. Moving on now, it's time for our indie spotlight. Yep. What you got? Yeah, so this weekend there are a lot of things going on, a lot of things of interest. Uh, but the biggest thing that is relevant to us is up there until Silver Spring. Not, not too far from me. Uh, it's uh, Flying V. They're at the Black Box in Silver Spring. It's Masters of the Fighterverse. This Saturday, May 14th, the information's at the bottom of the screen, but in case you're listening to this, it's at the Black Box in Silver Spring, May 14th, which is this Saturday, and it started bell times at 8 p.m. Where's the Black Box, you ask? On Coesville Road, 8641, just up the street from the Metro, 8641 Coesville Road, Silver Spring, Maryland. For tickets, flyingv.thunderticks.com. I and I, I don't want to give too much away about the show itself, but if you've been to a Flying V show before, you, you know that they do things a little bit differently. I don't want to cast any aspersions. If it's your first show, go in there with an open mind and a full wallet. Uh, you know, buy some merch, uh, have a good time at the Black Box in Silver Spring. And, um, you know, there's a little pupusa joint around the corner, too. That is absolutely fantastic. But uh, Flying V this Saturday in Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, good guys up there. There's one other thing of note that is um, of interest. Uh, Creator Pro Wrestling, uh, they have basically <laughs> supplied half of AEW with their roster. Um, Hook, the greatest wrestler of all time is going to be making his indie debut at Creator Pro, which I think is interesting considering that he's been training for damn near a year, made his debut, became the thing that he is for whatever reason that it happened, and then now he's working indie shows. So because, you know, Creator Pro is a bit of a throwback, they're not streaming it, it's sold out. If you don't have a ticket, you don't get to see it. And, you know, though it sucks for everybody that's not on Long Island, uh, you know, you got to be there. And it's just one of those things. You just got to be there. So uh, Flying V up in Silver Spring, Creative Pro out there in Melville, New York on the island. It is uh, a good time to be a wrestling fan. And of course, we'll have to talk about New Japan coming to the D.C. area for the first time ever. Yeah, ever. Uh, Capital Collision is uh, also Saturday, which is the 14th down there at the Entertainment and Sports Arena. Uh, it's the home of the Mystics and the Capital City Go-Go uh, down there in Congress Heights. Spitting distance from the subway station at Congress Heights. You can't miss it. But uh, New Japan, first time ever in, in D.C. And I think that's interesting. You got, you know, is going to be there. Tomohiro Ishii is going to be there. Uh, Danny Limelight is going to be there. You know, and so I'm, I'm pretty hyped about that. So 
uh, first time ever. And then, of course, will there be any implications to the Forbidden Door? Um, you know, they're doing a show tonight. I mean, not, not, not tonight because it's Wednesday. They're doing a show Saturday and then they're doing Philly and Sunday. Are, will New Japan start building towards the Forbidden Door? Find out this Saturday in, in Southeast. So that's um, a lot of local wrestling happening. A lot of interesting things happening on the indies. Uh, some much, much more stuff happening out west that I don't even have time to talk about. But go see some wrestling this weekend, especially in Silver Spring at the Flying V out there on Coleswell Road at the Black Box. All right, all right. Yeah, shout out to our good folks over at the Flying V. Um, unfortunately, we won't be in attendance there because we will be in attendance at New Japan Pro Wrestling. Dad, I wish Flying V would stop uh, booking, <laughs> uh, giving us uh, scheduling conflicts. Uh, we would love to be back there since they've returned since the pandemic. Um, speaking of New Japan, I feel like it's been a while since we had a New Japan topic floating around here. Um, New Japan solely, because usually, you know, if we're talking New Japan, we're talking something with AEW, but whatever it may be, or the Forbidden Door. Koto Bushi, there's a name. There's a name we haven't brought up in a while. Um, and anytime we bring up Koto Bushi, we always talk about the best match we've ever seen. That's easily Koto Bushi and Cedric Alexander, Cruiserweight Classic. I seen a clip of that get posted like the other day, and I was like, man, what a banger. But anyway, Koto Bushi had a lot to say about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Who on the show got the notes? Because I do not have them up on this moment. I can get like kind of a thumbnail version of it. He's had a couple interesting days on Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, he is uh, he is saying his mind in a <laughs> lot of ways. And he's putting a lot of people on notice and sharing text messages with New Japan officials that people have frantically been trying to translate, of course, because they're in Japanese. So there's there's been a lot of a uh, back and forth with all this as far as uh, what is being said and what he's getting at. Uh, the yeah. long and short of it essentially is he's been out with an injury since uh, the fall, I think, since November, I want to say. And uh, he claims that there's been pressure on him to return. They wanted him back for the New Japan Cup, and he's been nursing this shoulder injury. He didn't feel he was ready to come back, but they wanted him back, and he's been unhappy about that. So back and forth with the office, and I guess it's come to a head now to where he's mm-hmm. decided to go public about the office culture in New Japan and stuff he's unhappy with. And got kind of interesting this morning. These last couple tweets I'm going to read to what, what's been translated that he's been saying. But uh, my daily life is not tiring at all. But I just had to say it because while the good parts are good, New Japan Pro Wrestling's culture of having to let the bad things slide was so abnormal. I'm going to expose all of it. <laughs> I think you'll I think you'll know then. There are some abnormalities that you'd overlook when you're in the inner circle. It will sound imprudent, but someone can die at any moment with power harassment, lying and cheating being commonplace. I feel sorry for it and I have to correct this situation. I have only told one one thousandth of the whole story. There are so many that there are so many that I can tell that I can only tell you within my capacity. But if I told you 20 of them, They'd execute me in the dark. I don't have anyone by my side because they think I'm an idiot. It's me alone against the promotion. End quote. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta let let that one breathe. (laughs) That is a lot. So listen, I'm 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 gonna combine the question for the show and I want reactions to that. I think it's safe to say this guy has to be a free agent now, right? I mean, we know how contracts work, but... It's safe to say that like, there's a lot. Be- there's a lot being alluded to there. So if they somehow yeah. manage to stay together, it's going to take a lot. Because going public with a lot of those statements in Japan, some people missing some fingers might not be too happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, no, I, I know the coach is totally different. I'm not going to make assumptions, but I can say that. Well, we've seen this type of antics to an extent of folks wanting out of their contract by whatever means it may be even if just requesting out of the contract, get held, you know, uh, being held to uh, fulfill their contract or what's the word we've been kind of using with that? Um, um, I won't say hostage, but, or, or is hostage the word? You know, the folks who want out, but they're like, we're not letting you out. You're going to, you're going to com- commit to the rest of these days, whether you are working or not, or whatever it may be. 
Uh, you know, we we talked about it with Ali, who has returned, by the way. Uh, we talked about it with um uh with uh, with Buddy uh, um Buddy Lee at the time. Um, but this is a little bit different because it's a little bit more extreme. But it doesn't say that that even though he's saying all this, doesn't mean that they have to let him terminate his contract. Nonetheless, with that being said, I guess we could assume he won't be working for New Japan <laughs> again, regardless of contract status. But now does that now draw attention to him? Does his stock go up? Does he now become the potential hottest free agent in the world? Jamal, starting with you. Yeah. I mean, I don't see how he does. Well, I don't see how he doesn't. But here's the thing. Uh, He was in WWE for the Cruiserweight Classic, and that didn't work out too well. So, um, AEW has a uh workings with New Japan already, so that's not a huge deal. Um, the question really is, is that where does whatever this is go? Um, if it goes to a more nefarious place, which there have been some allusions to and stuff like that, then maybe, maybe you have to wait till it blows over, but also who would be the right fit? Because just because he's there doesn't mean that there's an audience for him. Um, there's, you know, a lot of rumors and, and stuff like that. A lot of mistranslations and stuff. I don't speak Japanese. So I really am just waiting for, to see the other shooter drop as well. Um, we're going to be at new Japan this weekend. They are making inroads in the U S as they build towards the pay-per-view. Uh, how will that affect how will that affect what they do? How will that, how will he affect what they do? Uh, what if he actually does become a whistleblower and starts to uh, uncover the lid of all these things? Does that tarnish his ability to be uh, to to work with? Because if he's really if he's willing to to torpedo do Japan like this, is that <laughs> anybody the type can of person? Get it. Anybody can get it. Is that the type <laughs> of person that you want in your company? That's the obviously question. morally you would say so, but realistically, when the money's on, on the line. Hell no, he's gonna snitch. So <laughs> you know that that is that is kind of like something that other people may be looking at to consider. Um, but just pound for pound as a wrestler, yeah, I think he definitely is worth you know bringing in, you know, he's making a star and doing all the things. The problem is, is that he's not the youngest guy anymore. Uh, his Andrew. neck is you know is newer than he is, and. There are other guys from other promotions that can do near what he does, but they don't have his name. So as much as I would love to say bring in Kota Ibushi, well, uh, Konosuke Takeshita is, you know, not on his level, but he's damn close and getting there. Uh, you know, and then, of course, there's other things, too. Like, and AEW's full. Because that's really where he would go if we're talking about the U.S. I mean, like, why would we make such a big deal when MOW picks him up? Why would we make such a big deal about this? And he goes to GCW. I don't, I don't see that for him moving halfway around the world, you know, to show up at the showboat in Atlantic City. Um, but you know, I think what happens realistically is that he would just become a free agent like he was before, like Minoru Suzuki is now, and that doesn't have to mean a damn thing because in in, in Japan there's a billion wrestling companies. Everybody runs a show. Everybody knows everybody, and you know he'll just show up for work unless. He blows the whistle and gets blackballed. Yeah. So it, we're really just waiting for the other shoe to drop before we kind of say, you know, what he can, should, or needs to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's 39. I mean, that doesn't mean a lot because people are working, especially Japanese wrestlers are working double this. Um, but yeah, he's definitely injury, injury prone. And I think by the metrics of what he is dealing with in Japan, what he's allowed to do injury-wise in Japan, what they're almost, as he says, forcing him to do to work in Japan, I don't think, you know, somebody like WWE takes a chance. It's a huge liability for them. Um, And that has been proven for a lot of wrestlers where we see folks like Sting, who, you know, is medically clear, but do they take that chance? No, because they don't want that on their hands. And I think Koto Obushi is somebody especially when you talk about neck injuries we, uh, across the board in any sport, neck injuries are dangerous. And, you know, the science has gotten better, but it still becomes a liability and a process that I think 
WWE will want to sit him on the shelf three years until they can evaluate that that fusion has actually fused <laughs> and won't be problematic going forward. Uh, but then also, too, yeah, you have to think, yeah, him out, him, you know, exposing New Japan, uh, whether it's truth or whether it's frustrations, whatever it may be. I mean, that's going to draw the attention of everybody where everybody's like, okay. What's he talking about? Is there legs under that? Or is he just frustrated? That's bad for business. If he's just frustrated and that's being handled. That's also really bad if New Japan is actually uh, um, guilty of these things. I wonder, though, and I know I won't let you jump in there, Will. I just wonder if the perception of New Japan changes, if there is actually evidence to this to a point that sticks and then puts a a, a taint, uh, almost a dark cloud over New Japan. Does that you know, jeopardize the forbidden door show. You know, yeah. This I mean, it probably, it probably, it would probably take, it would take definitive, probably proof of something for it to happen. But I mean, he's talking about you know, uh, allegations of sexual harassment, and you know, being forced, you know, to, to come back early and stuff, and like p- apparently people in the locker room that should be avoided in different capacities. That word is out about. So I mean, I, I think it would come down to what the allegations are, how much uh, actual, you know, fires to the actual smoke that he's putting out there, and ha- Lord knows if there's any uh, underground involvement, which is very common in Japanese professional wrestling. I mean, that could sink it right there. That's how Pride Fighting Championships ended in Japan. Is once word got clear that there was definitive yakuza involvement that killed the whole promotion so that's one of those things where like people know it's there but everyone's willing to look the other way but if it comes out into the into the sunlight it becomes very hard very quickly over there to avoid it and it quickly becomes something that's shunned it's happened plenty of times before now i think what becomes interesting if it's nothing that major and he does get out of there but he does it in a way where he, you know, rocks the boat with New Japan. All these people talking about, you know, well, he could come to AEW. I don't think he could. Not without essentially that deal being put in jeopardy between them. Because I'm sure New Japan would be like, we don't want him here. You know, what, what, what are you doing working with him after what he did to us? You know, mm-hmm. I, there, I don't think that would be an easy transition, of course, assuming that he would even want to come to the States. I think part yeah. of the deal with when when the cruiserweight classic happened was that he wasn't willing to move. He very much wanted to stay in Japan, and that was part of the one of the major hangups there. But you know, he's older now; he's thirty nine. Who knows what all is in play here? But yeah, it's one of those stories. I figure this is one of those stories that either this could be all of it, and we don't hear about it again, and it quickly just flames out, or this is just the beginning, and dominoes <laughs> start falling very quickly. It could really go either way. I think. Yeah, two two things I want to add really quick, and then says you got it. Uh, I think yeah. also the move becomes a little bit a better of a transition now because you have folks like Oscar and um, Sinsuke, who's here, who's made a living, and I've always said since they've been signed to WWE, they have pretty much been the ambassadors for Japanese wrestlers to come to America to help them with the trans uh, transition of being an Amer of being American and the differences within the cultures and whatnot. So I think like it's a little bit more smoothed over now since then. The second thing is now, tell me if I'm wrong. Does this not eerily sound like Kelly Klein and ROH? Oh, could be. Hmm. I mean, we're talking, we're talking employee versus management. You know, same yeah. type of thing. Yeah, could yeah. be. And we know who kind of won that one, but we also know no one won. <laughs> but son is chumping here. So I'm in my mind's quick, and it's it really kind of like what Jamal has said already. When you look at Kotobushi, I think he's the biggest free agent since two people, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. I think he's on that same level talent-wise um, that everybody will want to seek after that talent. But as Will kind of said, when you come to this moment now where you become this whistleblower or telling secrets of the business, to me kind of downplays you a little bit. And maybe even though the content of what you're displaying may be hot or relevant right now because you're putting out juicy news right now. Is it going to get you where you need to do to represent how your marquee is talent wise? And I'm afraid it's not. Um, I think he had his moment. Once again, talking about that apex, what I mentioned about Roman earlier, his apex should have been what he did after that cruiserweight classic match against Cedric Alexander. 
but it never came through. And granted, he still continues to do great things of who he is in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but at the same time, I don't think his spotlight to wherever he goes next will be as good as it is because of where he is now. And I won't be surprised, and I'm going to make a, 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 hard, a hard push, a hard thought on this. I won't be surprised if you never see him in a major wrestling promotion again. It happened. Um, you said biggest free agent since Sinsuke and, and and AJ AJ Styles. I put him on that same tier. That's coming same out tier. of coming out of New Japan, right? Because, yes, yes, uh, coming out of New I, Japan. But I say you forgot Cody was just a free agent, right? <laughs> but no, 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 no. Yeah, but I don't I don't see Coda. If you want to compare it that way, I don't see Coda in as a high free agent as Cody. I think Cody's been the biggest thing, but like the that middle tier or lower tier right than he, what Cody was. He, Jamal said it right. He's a name. We know he can go. There's an injury liability. And I think that, like, you want to take a look at him. You want to evaluate him. You want to bring him in. You want every medical professional that you have on your roster to take a look at it. And then you talk the money based in scale it based on the results of those things. He's absolutely an asset to your roster. Mm-hmm. I don't think he takes anybody roster to the next level, but he's no. absolutely an asset to that roster. And you just kind of kind of weigh the pros and cons, the good and the bad here. And then you also got to do a thorough investigation as to what he is uh, sitting here accusing New Japan yeah. of. Yeah. Just like any other really talented football player in the NFL. I mean, um, uh, uh, what's his name? That uh, running back, um, what Kareem Hunt? There we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Phenomenal talent. Yep. Very yep. bad thing that he's uh, was, was uh, involved with. Good comparison. But you have to go there and you have to go do the work. You have to say, okay, what happened with that situation? Which we know happened in the situation. He took a few months, uh, all a uh, few months uh, suspension, and yep. then he was back at it. Fresh yep. legs, you know, and, and you kind of weigh the pros and cons. Hey, we can't pay you like you got used to get paid. But we sure will pay you something. And hey, it's good for us because you get suspended now for a year, a couple yep. of games. Yep. Get those legs ready, bro. We'll see you, we'll see you week six, week seven, week eight, whatever it was. So, you know, I think that's how you kind of look at this Koto Obushi thing. And also, you also need, I mean, everybody in all of this, you need you need uh, lawyers because you're gonna have to look at his contract with New Japan to see what clauses is in that that may get him out of it, or do New Japan just hold him hostage and say. You yep. ain't working nowhere, bro, because this paper says otherwise. And that's that. Legally blinding, you ain't nothing your tweets can do about it. So there it is. Anyway, going to the conclusion of our show, because we're going to the conclusion of AEW Dynamite last night. Jeff Harvey, Jeff Hardy, and Darby Allen. Main event. I think one may call this a dream match. It happened. It was exactly what you thought it was going to be. Simply put, folks, if you watched the match, if you didn't, you know, either go back and watch the match or go on uh, AEW's Twitter page and just look at the bites from it. It will show you all of the crazy spots that happened. Let's just make it very simple here. Did they go too damn far? I mean, what in the world? They they pushed the limits on that match. They hit the spots. I felt the pain. I had an ache in my back this morning when I woke up. We'll start with you. Thoughts about that match? Ooh, I mean, it's it is what I would expect from those two. Because yeah. I mean, you you know what you're gonna get with those two going in. You know it's gonna be a car crash. You know there's gonna be falling off some ladders. You know there's gonna be some tables, some chairs, all kinds. Of, I mean, if it didn't have that, people would be like, "What the hell?" I guess what it comes down to is wh- where do you draw the line? And I think there's a lot of concern with people. When it comes to Jeff Hardy being older and all the miles he has on him and Lord knows his bump card has to not have a lot of bumps left on it. And Darby, of course, people have said it forever and hell, he'll say it himself that he doesn't expect to be doing this a long time because of the style he works. So, yeah, he's a lot younger, but this is the style he does between this and skating. And it is what it is. Um, I don't know where you draw the line on this. I mean, either you let these I think it comes down to. The best, I think, explanation I kind of heard today, seeing people talking about it, and a lot of people are like, you know, Tony Khan needs to reel them in. They're doing too much, and it's only a matter of time before something happens. I mean, yeah, that could be true. It could happen, and hopefully it won't. But both of these guys, in my mind, they would be doing this stuff either way, regardless of whether they're here or not. Jeff Hardy going to be in his backyard on his dirt bike, Till he can't ride it no more, no matter how many bones he breaks. And Darby be out there skating, doing something crazy either darn way. So it's in these two guys' nature. 
the question I guess really just comes down to Tony Khan and just like how much of a risk is he willing to take with putting these guys out there and letting them do this stuff to where if something goes just a couple a couple inches the wrong way and something bad happens on live TV, then it's on him. And it could happen. I don't know. It. What do you What do y'all think? It is what What could he? I guess feasibly do. I don't know. I guess the saying like like that spot at the end where Darby practically bounced off those chairs when he hit the darn ground. I mean, should he have been in there and been like, Nah, that's that's too much. You can't do that. Or you need to do come up with something different, something not so high. I don't know. What do y'all think is like feasible as far as like can you can you can you put handcuffs on these dudes or Listen. reel them in a bit? Listen, really short and quick, uh, Tony Khan's a fan, so I don't see him actually going near saying, hey, I don't suggest this because blah, 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 blah. Don't think he has the wrestling mind to try to compete with or try try, try to have one of those type of conversations with them. I guess it's one of those, like, I cut the checks, I run the operation, I run the booking, but you all are the professionals. You all have been doing it for so long. It's not going to even I – th- I think he's not even going to, to try to start that conversation. I think he's definitely sitting – backstage with his fingers crossed like i hope they don't kill themselves like i i I don't think i don't and i also don't think that he wants to have that conversation because that then changes the dynamic of everything backstage where everybody's talking about oh we got creative control blah 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 blah. got these folks that's got 20 30 40 50 years in the game and for somebody that's kind of just you know started the company only been involved in the in the business three years and telling you how to do things I just don't think that's going to like go over well for some folks. And yes, his criticism may be needed, but I just don't think it's going to take well to things. I mean, we, I think there was a tweet recently about um, who, who was it that's, oh, Jake the Snake just said it about how he would go backstage and try to give advice to folks. And folks would be like, oh man, I got my, I got my, um, I got my contract already. I'm good. And he just said that on a podcast. If folks ain't listening to Jake, they damn sure ain't gonna listen to Tony Khan, even though he's cutting the check. <laughs> not gonna see that. This dude doesn't know anything about, you know, taking bumps and whatnot. So I, I don't know. That's just kind of what I think is gonna be like one of those like a, I hear you, but I'm not listening type of thing. Uh, so it's Jamal. So I'll say this, and I'll make mine really quick. Eva loved it or you hate it. And if you compare it to WrestleMania 17 with the triple threat ladder match, if you loved it, you'll love this match as a one-on-one version of that. If you hate it or cringe from it, you'll cringe. I mean, from the WrestleMania 17 match, you'll cringe on this match. But to answer your question, did it go too far? I think this is the question that AEW is still trying to answer for themselves. Who are they as a wrestling company? Where are they trying to do as putting a feature for a weekly television show? Because they're still trying to find their identity. Now, they're trying to see if they can make a splash with this and see how they can do things differently. But is this risk-taking going to be worth the value of making sure their promotion still continues to grow? Um, in my personal opinion, it didn't bother me. It was something different. Um, but just for the safety of the wrestlers or where we are now with concussions and CTE and things like that nature, you might want to scale back on some of these things unless you put this on something where people are, are paying and not just on free weekly TV. No. Yeah, I don't think they went far enough. I mean, you say you either love it or you hate it. Um, I hated it because I didn't love it. Uh, you talk about a dream match and you talk about these two guys and these crash tap dummies that are going to go out there and just fuck shit up. Okay, cool. They didn't. Now, the match was booked on free TV. That's not my concern. Uh, if they decide to have, you know, five minutes of rest holes or, you know, they set each other on fire. That's not my concern. They put the match together. But if they're going to do it, I don't think they went far enough. I'm not saying there should have been a Cody you know, Rhodes-style uh, bloodbath, and I'm not saying that they should have brought out the Anita-style um, you know, pyro, but what I am saying is that, like, it Rest, does... Wrestling Society X. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's fine by me, but what I am saying is that, in given the context, what the hell does a match like this have to do with the legacy of Owen Hart? Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have had this match. I'm just saying that if you're talking about evoking the legacy of, of Owen Hart by jumping off of a 15-foot ladder outside of the ring into a twin bed full of mattresses, uh, full of uh, uh, chairs uh, stacked together, that doesn't scream Owen Hart to me. Now, as a person that's not a fan of Owen Hart, I was just watching the match for the match. And it was, and it was an okay match. I just wish they would have taken it a step further 
which really, I mean, you don't need to make Jeff Hardy a star. You don't really need to make Darby Allen more of a star in AEW. But I think that they really had an opportunity to grab the spotlight by the neck and break it. And they didn't. And I think that they actually really, really, really played it safe. And unfortunately, a lot of people think they want something until it happens. And then they're like, oh, this is a little bit too real for me. I'm going to go back to watching, you know, five minutes of rest holes. And for me, I say that if you're going to push the envelope, not that I need them to, but if you're going to push the envelope, then push the motherfucker off the table and then burn the table down. And they didn't do that. And that's why the match, though it was fine, it was actually underwhelming. I want a bigger ladder. I want more chairs. I want flaming tables. I want I, I want it all. Because you, if you're going to you go down this road, you cannot half-step it. Ain't no half-stepping. Go ahead and purchase WWE 2K22. Ain't nothing more that these two could have did. Jeff Body is physically limited, as we can see. To me, this match was built. Like, you're right. It had nothing to do with Owen Hart and in tribute to him. That I, I, I don't see the correlation. FTR, they got it right. They understood the job. They completed the mission. Here was nothing but a passing of the torch or or, or some type of homage to the Hardys. Where how was it a passing hey, of the torch when he lost? I, <laughs> again, I mean, Jeff Hardy whatever, still won. So right, right, right. And, and for whatever it's worth, it's just like a hey, you do those things. I want to do those too. You inspired me to be this and whatnot. I mean, they were trying to storytell. I'm sure somebody online type long term storytelling for whatever reason. I just didn't see it. I felt like the match was out of context. And I feel like, you know, these matches, to me, the, I, I hate the whole crash and burn thing. That's why I love FTR, because they they have realistic ring psychology. Crash and burn, for the sake of spots, it's like, how many times are you going to do the same thing when you already understood the, the possible outcomes of it? You, you just don't keep making the same mistake. And it was so, too many of those, like, Hey, I'm just gonna throw my body over here, type of thing. And you all gonna go crazy about it because I did. It's just like, dude, you're literally a living legend and you're out here doing spots that just don't make sense. Do it again. As if you haven't learned anything, you know? How many coffin drops can we get? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> not, yeah. not enough. Needs, and honestly, if I don't get a coffin drop until a block of cement, that like triggers another block of cement to fall on him. Then what are we doing here? Listen, I'm, I mean, MC- I agree that I want to see something different, but but if you're but this is what they give us. So if you're going to give us this thing, if you're going to go down this road, because if we're going to go like, well, hey, this is a match in the Owen Hart Legacy Tournament, um, which is supposed to evoke the imagery and the spirit of Owen Hart, and everybody else in the tournament did that. Okay, cool. So what's the plan for the match? Fuck shit up. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm okay with that. But if you're going to do it, you gotta go. Give me also, 50% because it's, don't go all the way. Save well, it for the pay-per-view. But give also, me 50%. Also, just I'll, remember, I'll agree, I'll agree with that. Is looking, looking at all oh, of that's, it. Oh, that's, maybe, it might have been, who knows if there might have been some, like, can't take it that far on TBS. You never know. I will say this, go, going back to the idea of both these guys are ones that say, like I said, they're, they're going to do this stuff regardless. Darby ain't going to be here for a long time, has repeated that in so many darn interviews. And Jeff knows, you know, where he's at as far as the stuff he's always done and all this to Jamal's point where it's like, yeah, if you're going to do this, then do it. But also since both y'all make such a point about, you know, you're not worried about it and you know, the consequences, then if you're going to go down this road and you're going to go 500 miles an hour, you're going to do all this stuff. That's great. But don't cry me a river afterwards when eventually these consequences catch up because eventually it's going to happen. That's the thing. Eventually these guys are going to be in rough shape. It's going to be yeah. what it is. And they say they know. So if we're going to do it, let's do it. But don't don't give me a woe is me story 10 years from now about how I took all these crazy bumps and now, now here I am. Know. It's like we, 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 we told you and you said you knew. So yeah. if you're going to make your bed, if you're going to make your bed, you got to lie in it. It's a yeah. two-edged sword. They'll both be bonded to uh, tables at Comic-Con doing sign-ins and meet and greets because that's as far as their body's going to allow them to go. Hey, they'll make $80 between uh, five, uh, what should I say, two-minute transi- transactions. So good money, good career going forward. But the wrestling thing probably won't last long. And God, Jeff Hardy, 
take some time away from that. Anyway, let's wrap up tonight's show. Let us know your thoughts about tonight's episode of the Big O Boat Wrestling Podcast. Uh, it was a fun one. You know the deal, folks. We're here back each and every Thursday live on Twitter, on Twitch, on our social medias, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're watching us live, jump in the comments and interact with us. We can You can be a part of the show. You can have your thoughts, your comments and stuff right off on the show, a little if you knew it or not. Um, and on the other note as well, if you're not going to catch us live, it's all good because we're back each and every following day on all audio podcast platforms forms but folks until next week y'all be safe and uh if you're in dc we'll see you at new japan this weekend thank you for tuning in folks